Welcome to the Brian Kane Peak Performance Podcast. On each and every episode, Brian talks with coaches, athletes, and performers in all arenas who are putting into practice the principles of peak performance that will help you close the gap from where you are to where you want to be, to help you become a master of the mental game, and to help you start dominating the day. How you doing? Brian Kane, your Peak Performance Coach here with the Peak Performance Podcast. And today I'm super fired up to have our guest, Hal Wasson. Hal is the head football coach of the Carroll Dragon Football Program in South Lake, Texas. One of the most sought after clinicians and speakers on program building, culture building, and winning at the highest level of high school football. Coach Wasson, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us here on the podcast. I'm really happy to be here, Brian. I'm feeding off your energy right now, man. I'm I'm excited to just be around you today. Awesome, awesome. I'm glad you're here, man. Feeling is mutual. If you would, could you give our listeners kind of your background in terms of where you played football and then how you got to be the head football coach here at South Lake Carroll? Well, as you know, it's a journey. It was a long process. Uh, grew up in a small town uh, close to East Texas, Kearns, Texas. Uh, multi-sport guy. Played all four sports in my high school. You know, you played the sports. You were in the band. Uh Student council, beta club, all those things. Graduated from high school. Uh, obviously, I thought I was better than what I was. Uh, uh, and went, jumped into a junior college, played a couple of years at Navarro Junior College. Uh, fortunate to be on uh, a couple of uh, championship teams. Parlayed that into finishing out at Abilene Christian University, where I played there a couple of years and was ready to conquer the world. Initially, didn't think about coaching. I was thinking about the business world. What do we all want to make money, right, Brian? And uh, But the closer I got to graduation, I realized, man, my passion is, is kids. It's being around kids and, and developing relationships and trying to get guys to reach their full potential. So uh, changed majors in midstream. I uh, got my first uh, coaching job at Grosbeck, Texas, uh, actually as a head baseball coach. And uh, assistant football, uh, met the love of my life. And my wife, Sally, uh, she was a cheerleader at University of Houston. I uh, had an opportunity to come to the Metroplex area as a varsity coach and realized I wasn't getting any prettier. So uh, I jumped in and, and went to uh, Kingwood High School as an assistant football coach. Uh, spent that year to let her graduate, got married, and then, uh, believe it or not, uh, next move uh, was a head track coach assistant football, realized I was kind of spinning. I wanted to get in the best program possible at that time. I actually took a demotion in, in as far as a varsity job to a freshman job. Got into Corsicana. I was elevated to a varsity coach after a year or so. And that's when my journey really began because being in that quality of a program, I got the opportunity to be the head coach at Italy High School, a little 2A school. I was there a couple of years uh, you know, then you got the opportunity to be an athletic director and a head football coach at San Saba. Uh, we were fortunate to win there. Then uh, made a made a move to a couple other places, to a little bit bigger schools. AD, every AD head football coach. Every move I made, man, I, I made so many great relationships. Met a lot of great people, and from each place, learned a little bit more about myself. Learned a lot more about how to build a program. Kind of uh, did that journey, obviously uh, blessed with a couple of beautiful kids. Uh, Chase and Chelsea were born, uh, and uh, during all those journeys, and we made the transition after uh, uh, a 
few years, my son was going to be a sophomore in high school, had the opportunity to come to South Lake Carroll uh, as a position guy, got out of head coaching after 16 years because uh, I believe as long as you keep your priorities in order, good things will happen. It wasn't about me. My family had moved, as you can tell, all over the place. Really wanted to put my kids in a great environment uh, as far as academics and athletics go. We chose South Lake Carroll. My son played here a couple of years. My daughter went to school here, graduated from here. We won a state championship uh, there with my son as the senior quarterback. Uh, had a fabulous year. Uh, worked there with Coach Todd Dodge. Uh, after we won that championship, I had the great opportunity to go to Keller Fossil Ridge as the head football coach. Again, get back on what uh, my passion was, head coaching. I uh, did that. After four or five years there, uh, Coach Dodge took the head job at University of North Texas. And because I was here understanding, here's that key word, culture of the Dragon Nation, uh, I had the opportunity to come back here at Carroll as the head football coach uh, in 2007. Uh, my wife and daughter stayed uh, here at school. My wife taught here during that tenure at Fossil Ridge, which I'm greatly indebted to Keller Fossil Ridge for allowing me to get back into the head coaching avenue. Uh, so, you know, good things happen because I was in the right place at the right time around the right people trying to make good choices. Uh, so, yeah, it's been an incredible journey, uh, and I'm just so excited to be a head football coach at, at South Lake Carroll. I want to make sure that we definitely talk about the Dragon Nation and that culture that is, is created, that you've created in that program. But before we go there, you know, you mentioned that you coached your, your son, Chase, who was a quarterback in, a, in his senior year. They won a state championship, and he was Texas High School Football 5A Player of the Year. Is that correct? That's correct. Talk a little bit, if you would, because we don't often get the chance to – now, you weren't the head coach when he was playing, right? You were an assistant coach. But talk about fathers coaching their kids, and what advice would you give to the parents that are doing that? You know, that's a great question. Uh and my wife was a great referee in all this because uh, as dads, we, I mean, we want to be the best we can be. We're lathered up. We're fired up. And uh, it wasn't an easy transition. My son uh, was a quarterback as a sophomore in high school at a, at a smaller school. We moved into a great program out like South Lake Carroll. They had a great quarterback. Uh, he changed positions, played a couple other positions, which was a very valuable experience for him because – uh, he learned a lot of other – there are a lot of moving parts to having a great team. So his senior year, uh, he moved back to quarterback, uh, didn't play it at all his junior year. And uh, I, this is pivotal in our, our deal. I remember uh, the, the spring ball, I didn't think he was as good as he needed to be. You know, that father-son, we always expect him to be way above the charts. And it's a, a Sunday morning, and a, and Coach Dodge said, hey, you let me handle this. I don't get on him about this or that. Well, we're at the breakfast table, and, you know, I just corked one of those. You know, Chase, if you don't get a lot better, we're not going to win a lot of football games next year. Well, my wife, uh, as mothers do, put her foot down. She said, you've always told me we don't do this stuff at home. Leave it at the practice field. Leave it at the field house. So I learned real quick, you know, you always want to please who, Brian? The moms. Mm -hmm. You want to please the moms. So I backed off, uh, rocked along there, had a good summer, great things started happening. And then the next conversation we had was uh, we always had, you know, personal goals to fill those out, team goals. In other words, you had a vision going in. And uh, Chase uh, let me read his, believe it or not. Or, I take that back. He didn't let me read it. It was on his uh, desk up in his room, and I just dropped 
passed up the room and I saw it. I said, Chase, you've got to be kidding me. You want to be 5A All-State quarterback, throw for all these yards, rush for all these yards. You envision yourself as the player of the year, and your team goal is to win a state championship. We just, mind you, moved up from 4A to 5A. Hmm. And I said, man, I mean, let's be realistic. And he looks at me dead serious, and he said, Dad, if you don't believe in yourself, where are you going to get? And I said, great point. He said, this is going to happen. I've seen it happen. I've played this all through my mind for two years. I told you when I was in the fifth grade, the first state championship you would bring home as a football coach, I would be the quarterback, and that's what was going to happen. Just to backtrack briefly, the coach from Mahia, where I'd stopped, called me literally that summer and said, hey, I got your job. I'm looking in the desk, and in the desk it was carved out, Dad, I will win a state championship my senior year. That's what he said in the fifth grade. On the footnote of that, I told my wife, I tell any young coach now, I told my son, you never call me Coach Watson. I'm your dad 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I am your dad. With that being said, I'm going to coach you harder and be tougher on you than anybody else on that in that locker room. So I want you to understand that. That's going to be tough love, uh, but you never call me anything other than dad. Obviously, he never called me anything. It wasn't dad or coach. So, uh, But it was a, I tell you what, I would not trade for those times. It was an unbelievable journey. And my son has really been a great mentor to me about positive approach. Believe in yourself. You're only as good as you think you're going to be. However, it's easily said, it takes a lot of work to get there. Mm. You know, and you've done a tremendous amount of work both as an assistant and now as a head coach in terms of creating a championship culture with the Dragon Nation. I mean, looked at as maybe the marquee and premier high school football program in the country. I mean, the first game I went to moving here to Texas two years ago, uh, you guys were playing in Tulsa, you know, a school from Tulsa, Oklahoma in Cowboy Stadium. There's 30,000 people there. I got goosebumps all over my body talking about it. It was unbelievable. You know, what is the Dragon Nation? And you talk about dragons in the culture. What is that? It, it, it's it's hard to define in, in simple terms. It's simply committed to excellence. Being the very best you can be every day. And as we know, that is a very difficult process. It's hard to do. Sometimes you have to fake it till you make it. Uh, you know, that culture is something that's been here, you know, from the Bob Ledbetter days through the Todd Dodge days. Uh, and, and, you know, I will tell you, Brian, in today's world, it's harder to keep that culture uh, just because of stuff. There's so many outside distractions, things that are happening so fast and furious. You know, there's so many things that can distract a young man. But I've been very blessed here. This is an unbelievable community, an unbelievable school district that are, that's very passionate and committed to excellence, not only in, in, in athletics, more significantly in academics. Uh, they put a premium on on being the best you can be every day. And, man, that helps us tremendously as coaches. Talk a little bit about, you know, the, the culture and the system that you have, Dragons. And, you know, work having been a part of your football camp last year where you starting with the kids who are coming up that are in, in kindergarten or in second grade and you're training them in the culture of Dragons so that when they get to the high school level, it's not something new. It's something that they're ingrained in. And, you know, the Dragon logo is the same logo for every school in the district from K to 12. 
Talk a little bit about kind of dragons and those core principles or those core core values that you instill in the guys in the football program. You know, that's a great thing. And, and I'm not giving you tremendous accolades here, but I'm going to give you a pat on the back because you changed the way I look at things a lot too because, you know, we don't want to be too wordy and have too much, too many signs out there, too many things that they have to think about. I know it starts with drill work. Everything we do is dragon pride. Well, what does pride mean to us? Personal responsibility and daily excellence. And if we ingrain that in our guys. When we hear pride, that's what it means, which that's another hard thing to do. Uh, the, the things that we came in, dragons are significant to us because we don't see dragons. We see the D for discipline. That's what we see. Uh, when, when we see the R in dragons, we see trust. When we see the A in dragons, we don't see, we see attitude. Uh, you know, we see all those things that come out for us. Uh, obviously, the S is for being selfless. Successful programs are selfless programs. Successful relationships are selfless relationships. Because what's the world teaches to be? It's all about me. The world teaches it me and all of us today to be selfish, and it's all about me. How can I get to the top the fastest? Who do I have to walk over? How many camps can I go to to make me better? It's about team, and we all know that acronym together everyone achieves more but our core values are distinct uh and and through focusing on what you can control you can get to that destination you know when you come into your your complex and you walk in you see the state championship pictures on the wall you see the state players of the year on the wall and then there's a sign right before you walk into the indoor complex it says one play one day at a time Talk a little bit, if you would, about the importance of the mental game of football and that one-play-at-a-time approach. Yeah, that's a great question because as a young coach, when I first got my head job, it's all about X's and O's. Go, go, go. Lots of reps, lots of reps, lots of reps. And that's all significant. But uh, I learned a long time ago, and it's been really ingrained in me in the last few years, that we invest so much time in the physical aspect of the but when someone asks you a real simple question, how important is the mental aspect? And you say, man, it's huge. Well, how much time are you investing in the mental part? And you say, well, we talk about it five minutes after practice, maybe a couple of days a week here and there. So we've it's changed our approach now because we invest minimal 20 to 30 minutes a day in preparation, in mental preparation. Uh, and, when you really take that concept and gravitate to it, you choose at that moment to start really focusing on the things you can control and not on the things you can't control. That's a waste of time and energy. And so how important is energy in a football on a football team? Huge. Well, if you've wasted all of it on stuff and not things of significance, then you're wasting your time. You know, one of the things that totally impressed me last year about what you would do is when you guys, you know, in, in the in the mornings before school in Texas, which for the for the listeners here outside of the state of Texas who are unaware, they have a opportunity here called athletic period, where every day as the football coach, you get to see your kids year round. And why every state in the country doesn't do that, I have no idea. I think it's a genius opportunity for connection with students in the school that have a passion for the same thing you have passion for in this case, football, and you get to train them physically, mentally, character, leadership. And one of the things that you did every day is you trained mindset. What are some of those key principles? You mentioned controlling what you can control your championship culture. You know, how, how do you every day coach come up with that content to deliver to them in that 
morning meeting where you're developing what I would call the morning mindset meeting? Well, another great question because it starts, I left this out, excellence. What is the definition? What does excellence look like? We start with doing very common things like blocking, tackling, lifting weights, running. Everybody does that. But our start is we do it with uncommon energy. We do it with an uncommon uh, attitude about the way we go about things. So, again, we control our effort. We control our energy or attention to detail. So that's where it starts. So we take, say, the word discipline. You know, we'll, we'll use it and, and maybe spend a week or two weeks, depending on where our team is. That's where we have to gravitate as coaches. First of all, you have to know, who is your team? What is your t- what is the team makeup? It may mean, man, we need some discipline. We need more discipline. And we'll take a daily occurrence. It may be something that comes up uh, in the NFL, on an NFL team or a collegiate team or a high school team where a guy's had a discipline issue. And we'll use common things that they read about because we know this, uh, uh, as long as you bring honor to your football program, your family name, your life's pretty simple. If you dishonor your family name or dishonor your program, your life gets really complicated. Brian, we like simple. And so we try to keep it simple, but we'll take the discipline part and define it. What does it look like? What's it taste like? Who are teams that have discipline? Who are programs? Who are players? And then use those current events and incorporate it into where we are in a particular week. So you're you're kind of always in research mode, what I would call, or no doubt. research mode, where you're looking for things that to, to help reinforce, you know, your your championship culture. And when we talk about dragon DNA, you know, there was a poster that that you had created that went up into every single classroom in the entire district and every kid that was playing football in the Dragon Nation from, you know, peewee and at six years old up until varsity in high school had the same exact poster, which we'll put out here on, on social media as people look at and, and, and see this podcast. And it lists the, the, the Dragon DNA. And you've already mentioned discipline. When they see the R in Dragon, they think trust. They see the A, they think attitude. The G, they see toughness. Could you talk a little bit about toughness and kind of that embracing and overcoming all all challenges? Because that's what football is, is it's just one challenge after another after another. It really is. And, and you know, adversity, uh, you know, some people say, well, uh, adversity builds character. We look at it as adversity reveals your character. And and that that's a mindset. It's going to reveal, hey, when, when it's 105 degrees out there, it's not easy, man. We, we literally do lessons about the mental toughness part and the things you can control. How do you prepare for the heat? How do you prepare for the rain? How do you prepare for things you can't control, which is all mental toughness? Uh, we'll use, uh, I know one week uh, in toughness, we were using, uh, you know, things like uh, an oak tree and a palm tree, mm-hmm. where an oak tree will snap. When adverse storms hit, you ever wonder why they don't put oak trees near the beach? <laughs> you know, that's why they put palm trees because they can be a bend. I know one year we had a great quarterback in Kenny Hill, and the, you know, as coaches as you just alluded to, you research things. You know, they think we're rocket scientists, but you look up and man, seven day forecast said wind and rain. Well, in a pass happy offense, wind and rain normally aren't good past happy offenses and we're playing a great team it's about third or fourth round of the playoffs we're down 21 to zip had not had a first down 
and there's two minutes or less to go in the half. The quarterback's frustrated. Everybody's frustrated. And and an old guy that was kind of our mental conditioning coach said, you know, you got to have some mechanism as a coach, whether it's drink a w- cup of water and wad that cup up and trash it. You know, I was having to do a lot of that that <laughs> night because I was about ready to twist off. A lot of releasing. A lot flushing. of releasing. That's right. So Kenny comes off the field, and I said, Kenny, right now it's not going our way. Tell me what the theme of the week has been all week. He says, Coach, adjust your sales. What does that have to do anything? I said, Brother, it's time to adjust your sales because we can't control the wind. We can't control some of the breaks we're getting, but what we can control is the next play. And literally, this is the craziest thing, and it really transformed our program. It was one of those moments in time where we got our team over there and said, now is the time to adjust those sales there's 42 seconds to go in the half now, uh, as I recall. We're, we're 65 yards away from pay dirt. Kenny drops back and launches a perfect 48-yard strike to an open receiver, and we go down 21-7. to seven. The kids come, up, come off the field running. You have those spaces and time that are suspended, and they're all running out. Adjust your sales. Adjust your sales. We go in at half to that time, and that's all the chant was. Adjust, you know, adjust the sales. So we go in there, and I'm going, hey, guys, I don't have anything to say. You know the routine. It's one play at a time. We've got to make a couple adjustments. Long story short, we win the game going away by a couple of touchdowns. And the kids came by. That was one of those rallying moments that coach. Now it's all coming together. It's all how you view things. Awesome. And that toughness to embrace the adversity, but have having something to go to in terms of creating a mindset of, of like the palm tree of bend, but never break or adjust your sales and use it, make adversity your advantage is something I've heard you say a lot. Yeah, you know, the, the t- that's the toughest part because what do we live in today? We live in a soft world. We really do. You know, we've all got air conditioning. Uh, we have instantaneous, uh, communication, instantaneous travel. I mean, we can go be anywhere we want to be, but, that's what I love so much. I think football is the greatest team sport because there are so many moving parts and, and you know, the toughness comes in into fruition so many times because you are going to have to handle adversity. It's not always going to go your way. Are you, are you going to crack and pop every time it doesn't go your way? And as we all know, Brian, that's a long, tedious journey too. And you alluded, we get these guys when they're young and start disciplining those guys towards the toughness aspect of the game, it's huge. You know, you also talk about the, excuse me, in Dragons, it's the discipline, the trust, the attitude, the toughness, the work ethic, and the confidence that helps you to be selfless and put team over me. And when you talk about building toughness and creating discipline through work ethic, which will give you confidence, think about the Dragon Maker, maybe that most, the most grueling, physically demanding conditioning in all of high school football. What, what's the dragon maker? Well, that's where you're – we never assume, keyword assume, anything. You know, I know everybody thinks, man, I put on the dragon jersey and I'm the next fill-in-the-blank guy that was the all-state guy or the state champion guy. Uh, we, we tell them going in, we're going we're gonna to have a, this big pot and we're gonna, everybody's going to go into the same pot and we're going to start creating our – our identity, our team, and it's not going to be easy because we all know confidence can be and is a learned behavior. You choose it. You choose to be confident or you choose, unfortunately, not to be. 
Obviously, it's hard to be confident when you're not being productive. So we're all about what? The end product, the results. Well, how are you going to get there? Through the conditioning of the dragon maker. And, and the dragon maker, we could talk for two days on dragon maker, but it's it's a boot camp, uh, more or less, uh, where you, you start earning your stripes. And we, we have, obviously, a lot of stuff we've developed peer group counsel, a peer group counsel, and it's not right, necessarily the star player. Those are in there, or the guy that you think is going to be the captain. It's guys that need to be a leader that aren't. And, and we're all climatizing ourselves to our culture. Obviously, we know the culture is the feeling we want to have every time we walk in that building. That doesn't mean we all have to go to the movie together. We don't really have to like each other outside the building. But when we come in that building, we've all got to have the same mindset, mindset, have the same goal, have the same vision. And it goes back to what you're saying, one play, one day, one play, one game at a time, not trying to jump ahead, but Dragon Maker kind of overwhelmed me the first time because when you come to South Lake, everybody, they're not talking about who we play in district, who's the by district game. It's who do you think will play for state? And you're like, whoa, that's overwhelming. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that has to happen. And so we, we break it down in Dragon Maker. What is our goal? Wow, I know that. Our goal is to win simply the next game. Well, I know exactly what Tulsa Union looks like. I know what that looks like. What's your vision? Well, it's real simple, Coach, to win the last game. So that condenses everything right there. And we start with those principles in Dragon Maker through – it's you know a lot of speed. Everything is structured, organized, disciplined on command, and basically it's you know you're in the weight room 15 minutes. It's high rep, high volume. Everybody's lathered up, screaming, hollering, yelling. One guy's not verbalizing anything because if you haven't noticed in today's world, everybody's texting and they don't know how to verbalize. Well, if you don't verbalize, there's a consequence. Coach, I'm just not a verbal. I, I'm just a quiet guy. Well, good. Your whole team's going to be punished for it because we can't win. Unless we're communicating. And so you got to get out of your comfort zone in Dragon Maker. You got to force yourself. You got to act differently than you feel. That's what you have to do. And so through that and then going out in the indoor, and the, uh, or by the way, Thunderdome, where it's nothing but push ups and sit ups. It's real simple. But if everybody is not in unison, guess who's there are consequences? We don't use punishment, there are consequences for not being in unison. And then after 20 minutes, we're out in the indoor. And it's anything from foot fire to, you know, agility drills to mat drills. High octane, brother. I mean, we're lathered up. The music's playing. It's loud and tempo. And if it ever gets quiet, they, they there's no doubt there's a consequence. Dragon Maker can go seven days. It can go 28 days. We don't skip anything until we feel as a coaching staff and that peer group council, and they're tough on themselves. Coach, we're ready to move on. Well, good. We don't think you're ready just yet. So normally it depends on teams, but this we've had them go four weeks and we've had them go 10 days. It, but we are creating that culture. There are no shortcuts, and we don't take any shortcuts. It's hard. Awesome. Coach, I know you got to fly here, so we got just one more question for you, if you could. The million-dollar question, which I'm sure you're aware of, is what do you know now about creating a culture – that you wish you knew when you were just getting started as a football coach? Wow, that's powerful because it's all the way you view things. I've learned this, and I've learned it the hard way. And I will give 
no one can make you feel any differently unless you allow them to make you feel that way. You can never win enough football games. I get it. You can never win enough, but you can control how you approach things. You can control how you feel about yourself. You can't, you've got to really put the blinders on about what everybody else thinks of you or what just happened that last play. I'll tell you, Brian, that's another story, but what do I, I spent too much time focusing on the last game or the last play and it just beat me up all week. Well, who controls that? Guess what? I do. I control how I feel. It's hard. And it's, I tell you, Brian, for an older coach, I'm not going to say old coach, older coach, a veteran season guy. I kept saying, man, I'm smarter than this. I've got to figure out a way. And that's when I came into the mental conditioning part because what do we want to do? You start looking at the Alabamas or the Ohio States or or the TCs, those guys that are consistently, man, how do they consistently do things the right way? Well, everyone I talked to said, man, we really focus on mental conditioning. Well, I'm smart enough to know if it works for them, it can work for us. So I think you have to, Brian, change your mindset as a coach. You have to tweak your approach a little bit. That doesn't mean you discontinue or, or, or take away from fundamentals, blocking, tackling, lifting. But what you can, and it's truly investing. I tell our guys every day, you walk in this building, uh, I don't want you to think, man, I have to lift weights today. I have to go watch video today. Man, I get to do that stuff. It changes the way you feel. It changes the way you view things. So the mental approach, I think at the end of the day, I tell our players, I don't know how it works for you. I know what it's done for me personally because every day is a new challenge. Every play is a new challenge. It takes toughness. It takes mental discipline to snap and move on to that, that next play. That separates the good teams from the great teams, the elite teams, the elite players from the good ones. It's just that little bit. You see them every day on, on TV. You can watch them on high school football, and that's why I'm so blessed, Brian, to be here. Our kids are very – they've got a lot of stuff. They really do. They're blessed. But they really invest – in the mental part of the game, the things they can control, and it's really hard when everybody else is telling you as a player, man, you're better than that guy. You should be playing. Well, can you sort of trust your coach? You either do or don't. And if you choose to block that out, you can become an, an elite team and a better football player. And more importantly, Brian, you're going to become a better person. You're going to, you're going to have a better relationship. You're going to love your wife better. You're going to be more selfless. You're going to you're going to be more approachable because people are going to feed off your energy. It's going to be a feeding frenzy. It's what it's going to be. So I better slow down because I'm about to get fired up and get ready to play. So it's always great being here around you, Brian, because I'm feeding off of you, brother. Well, Coach, I appreciate you making time out of your hectic schedule here to come over. And I think there's one thing that you just hit in terms of you know Alabama does it, Florida State does it, Ohio State does it, the Dragons do it. And the best leaders, and we're sitting here with one of the best leaders in all of high school athletics, leaders play follow the leader. And if you're listening to this podcast, I hope you follow some of the leadership and the culture strategies and some of the mindset building techniques that Coach Wasson shared with us here today. Coach, it's been an honor. Thank you for joining us here on the Peak Performance Podcast. Thanks for having me, Brian. Today's podcast is sponsored by Potential Apparel. Potential Apparel is on a mission to inspire athletes to reach their true potential. If you're serious about reaching yours, then you have to go check them out. They make awesome clothing for dedicated and committed athletes. 
I'm a huge supporter of what they're doing, and that's why I wear their clothing with pride. Make a statement and join the movement today at PotentialApparel.com. Be sure you use promo code Brian Kane with a space between Brian and Kane for 15% off on your first order. Dominate the day with Potential Apparel. Thanks for listening to the Brian Kane Peak Performance Podcast. Please make sure that you visit BrianKane.com. That's B-R-I-A-N-C-A-I-N.com. And sign up for my Monday message, where every Monday I deliver straight to your inbox videos, interviews, articles, tips, techniques, and strategies that you can use to master the mental game. You can also contact me my website on our contact us page and see my calendar of where I'm going to be in the country and when I'm coming to your area so that we can get together and that we can continue to go out there and dominate the day. This is a production of Corn Belt Sports. The Brian Kane Peak Performance Podcast is part of the Top Coach Network.